Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the joy of your presence. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks that you guide us. God, uh, may we be faithful uh, to what you have for us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good Amen. evening, friends, and welcome to Scripture Talk, um, our weekly podcast where we uh, imitate SNL, dump on Christian rock, and also talk about uh, what our scripture for the week. I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley, how are y'all doing this evening? Go Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchup, good to see everybody. Go Stacy. Brother Stacy Tyler, and a shout out to Amy Grant. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, last time I dumped on Amy Grant, uh, Scott lost his camera. Uh, so this is Scripture Talk, uh, where uh, we are, you know, blessed that you know, no matter what the case count is in Anderson County, doesn't matter, uh, because we figured out a podcast over Zoom uh, most of the time. Uh, so we are uh, glad to be here. This is our podcast where we go through uh, the Scripture for the week, and uh, this week, we are looking at Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You were dead through the, tres- through the trespasses and the sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler, the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, Following the desires of flesh and senses, we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of work, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So, okay, quick note. Uh, There's a lot to unpack in this scripture. But one of the things I want to pick up quickly is this is one of those perfect examples of why you should never just preach on one verse, okay? So if you just preach on one verse, or even if you just preach on two verses, if you just take um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, which is something you see a lot. That reads, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Um, whoa, my phone is ringing. Um, someone from Dallas wants to talk to me. No, they don't. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift, uh, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. And if you stop there, you say, ah, yes, Great, this plays perfectly into the uh, faith versus works debate, which Paul was definitely worried about. Paul, on the side of faith, not on the side of works. We're going to stick it to those works people. But then if you read verse 10, there is no debate. Because verse 10 says, for we are what he has made us, created um, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So it is both salvation by faith alone to go and do good works to the power of Christ Jesus working in you. We've made up this entire debate. 
Anyways, this is one of my, I love this scripture in a lot of ways. This is one of my favorite parts. Read the whole passage, friends. That's how Paul wrote it. And, and, and it's a good thing to understand that it's, it is not a debate. It is a both. It is salvation by grace, not based on anything that we do for Amen. the purpose of us taking that grace and uh -huh. going out and doing the same things Christ did so other people can experience that grace. And as Paul said, then teaching them to go and do likewise so that it's just this whole continuing process. And it keeps right. us from having a big head so we don't uh -huh. boast because we're so quick. I did this. I'm saying yeah. mm, we don't know yeah. dangerous. And I think that it all plays into that idea of, you know, why do we get into this debate is partially how this is start out because we're not understanding. And when we're in that debate, we're still living like we were before being dead in our understanding dead right. in that spiritual, which is what he's saying. Hey, you were formerly dead. You're not supposed to be that way anymore. You're supposed to have come alive to a new way of thinking, a new way of viewing things. And now that you are no longer in those old transgressions, those old sins, stop living that way. Start doing things the right way. Right. And you have the power and the ability to do things the right way. I think some of that, some of this debate, the faith versus works debate, which is just one of, you know, I, I guess this is two weeks in a row of things I really wish we would stop arguing about, right? I really wish we would stop debating exactly how the end of time is going to happen. I really just wish we would stop. Um, and I really wish we would stop creating this thing that we call faith versus works and that there is a debate because in scripture, there is a debate. Um, but part of it is on both sides of that debate is almost a desire for this to be easy, right? It, on, on one side is a feeling of like, well, I'm saved. I don't need to do anything. Mm -hmm. What? You, what? What? This is, you know, the, the poor pastor's kid in my youth group who told me, you know, I've been saved. And so now I can live however I want. And 15 year old me went, wait a second, Alan. I don't think so, but I don't know. Apparently you do. Right. So there's the, you know, that side of it. And then, on the work side, the people who think there's a bait, case to make, be made in favor of works, it is, you can reduce this to a checklist. If I do A and B and C, then of course I will get, you know, it's, it's like, what is it? What do you need to attain a driver's license, right? Well, you show up at the DMV, um, or maybe, I don't know, how do you get a driver's license now? Can you go to the DMV? <laughs> I, set that aside. In former times, five months ago, five years ago, a, um, um, all the time ago, um, you showed up at the DMV, you needed a copy of your, copy of your birth certificate, your whatever, like that you passed driver's ed, and there's a checklist, then you got your driver's license. Well, getting into heaven is not quite like a driver's license. It is not just step A, step B, step C. If I consistently feed the poor, then I go to heaven. It's not quite how this works. It's both easier than that and not that simple. Yeah, it, I, I keep thinking of that uh, meme with the little old lady. They're talking about Facebook and the pictures on the wall. That's yes. not how this works. This that's, works. Not how it, that's not how this works. That's not yeah. how any of this works. Right. But the, I like what you said, that it's we are given the power through Christ. It isn't on us. And so, yes, we are to do God's work, but it's yet again through his power right 
flowing through us. It's still not us doing the work. It's us allowing him to do the work through us. And we're just being, uh, you know, the instruments through which he is working in this yet again, that his life coming into us as we allow that opportunity. We're just mere vessels that he pours his power into us and we do great things in him and through him that our works is evidence of our faith that we believe in him. It's not just to right. show off. It's, it's just evidence that we believe in God and we want to show our faith through works. And and that's and that's what James, that's what I think James the book of James chapter two means when because often these two scriptures get held up as in opposition to one another. It is the, you know and, and Martin Luther is is guilty of this of holding up Ephesians two versus James two, um, and and the, but only if you don't read verse ten because once you read verse ten they say the same thing. But um, that's what James is getting at is the meaning of faith of that works is dead is. If your faith is not leading you to actually live in this new life, right? To to live in this kind of uh, this resurrected life, do you really have faith? It's not that you know. Did or do you need to earn your salvation? No, clearly not. But if you are, you know, if you really have been like had your heart changed by God, that's gonna look. You're gonna live differently that's gonna look different you will be changed and if you're not you need to really investigate your own faith life um not argue with the book of james right that understanding of who we are positionally in christ you know it it says there that we are raised and seated with christ you know, Christ has all authority and we have an inheritance through him, not because of anything we've done, but because God in his gracious mercy decided to adopt us in and allow us to have inheritance through what Christ did. And part of that inheritance is this immeasurable, you know, riches and, and glory and grace and power that we have access to when we're walking according to his will and doing his plan through Jesus and knowing that we have access to that opens up so much. And I think that's oftentimes the enemy's greatest weapon is keeping us blinded to what we have in Christ and who we really are in Christ. Well, and one of the, one of the pieces of this is it really sets up that contrast Right. And, 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 and this is, you know, one of the things I, I have always appreciated about Paul is if you read Paul in large chunks, seldom does he hold back. Right. And so he says, like, look, before Christ entered your life, you may have thought you were trying to be a good person or whatever, but you weren't. You just weren't. <laughs> You were a child of, what was it, the child of the flesh, child of wrath, right? There's something else of the desires of the flesh, child of wrath, right? You were a child of wrath, just like, literally, she says, child of wrath, um, just like everyone else. But God moved. God chose you. Um, God chose chose all of us it's just up to us to grab onto it right you know this is let's not straight let's not straight out one of my other least favorite theological arguments of you know are are some chosen and some not no go and make disciples of all nations it's everybody it's just not everyone's going to take the offer right um that's the free will piece 
you know, you are chosen in that God wants everybody, and but just not everyone's going to take the deal, and God's aware of that too. But that allows us to live this different life, to no longer be a child of wrath, uh, because God chose us. God chose to God chose to be merciful, and when we experience that mercy, um, if we truly experience that mercy, that mercy changes us. I think it's good every once in a while for us to do a self examination of our spiritual walk to see that we are in line in God's will, just like you would take your car to get it sure, uh, yeah. inspected and checked on, make sure it's still running good. I think that's what we should do every once in a while to make sure we're, we, we're not going backwards into being children of wrath. It's just say, uh, am I in line with God's will? Am I in line with his spirit? That way you can stay on point. So actually that, that thing you just said was like John Wesley's every living obsession. What John Wesley, as a theologian and as a religious leader, was fundamentally obsessed with was that exact question. And having as many people as humanly possible ask themselves that on a regular basis. And so John Wesley's like methodology for dealing with that, because what he realized is, which is 100% true, is if you just go to church and never actually talk about your faith life and never have to, if you could just sit in a pew and go home, you may not ask yourself that question, but if you end up in a group of people that challenge you to ask that question and you challenge them to ask that question, you are more likely to grow as a Christian and move forward in what he calls sanctification, move forward, um, move further away from being a child of wrath and being much more like the person, you know, uh, God wants you to, uh, what, you know, created in Christ Jesus for good works was God prepared beforehand to be our way of life, right? To move, uh, you see both of those poles, right? To move from one pole to the other. Um, and his obsession was get as many people into these groups, small groups, um, to be held accountable and to actually do that self-assessment work. And he would like, you know, if people were, John Wesley, kind of a jerk, I love him, but kind of a jerk, uh, would like throw people out if they weren't taking this stuff seriously, because he was running a movement and a small group thing, not a church at that point. It becomes a church later. Um, but he would like throw you out, like, you're not taking this seriously. Just go home. You know, you don't have to be here. Stop. Uh, because that, you know, that idea of having people do that self-assessment was like his fundamental I call it obsession, his fundamental obsession. Um, and, and what drives the early, early like Wesleyan movement is awakening people to God's saving grace, awakening people to the growth that is possible through the Holy Spirit, and then connecting people to hold one another, hold each other accountable as lay people, um, as ordinary Christians, holding each other accountable uh, so that everyone, you know, grows in holiness, you know. Uh, he has this great line, there is no holiness without social holiness. And what that means is um, the best way to grow as a Christian is in the company of other Christians, challenging us all and holding one another accountable to ask those difficult questions. Yes, yeah, that, um, you know, as iron sharpens iron. So one yes, brother yeah, perfect. another yeah, yeah. type idea of, and, and, and see, that was the band meetings, right? Uh, Charles Wesley uh, put together 
I think that's what he called them. I could be wrong on that. But, so there, uh, so there, are, there are class meetings. There, band, are two forms, yeah. there are two forms of meetings. There are class meetings and band meetings. They are slightly different. Um, but the, the short answer is there is this idea of a of a gathering together lay folks in lay folk led small groups to challenge one another to grow in as Christians. This is right. Big picture. And, 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 and that's important that we need that. We need that in our, our Christian walk today, uh, you know, as in groups. And then I think we really need uh, even smaller ones, maybe even one-on-one or two or three. That's uh, even more intimate uh, groups of accountability uh, where we can speak into each other's lives, both uh, going both directions, you know, that, that whole, that point of discipleship of, you know, someone that's maybe, not quite as far down the road as you are that you're speaking into the life and then someone that's further down the road than you are that you're allowing to speak into your life, you know, uh, yeah. in that cycle that it's the other, it's the other thing that Alcoholics Anonymous go, gets right. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, of that, that, that person that's willing to just call you up and go, um, so, uh, Hey, uh, how are things going in your marriage? You know, and Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're good. They're good. You know, really? Uh, did you fix the hole in the fence? It was bugging your wife. You know, the, 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 I mean, I mean, getting yeah. to the nitty gritty, you know, because it's easy for us when we pass people in church, you know, how are you doing? Fine. You know, the, the Sunday school answer. But we need those people <laughs> to, like you were saying, to really get, keep us accountable because it's too easy to just say fine and go on and not really face the, you know what? I really have not uh, been, you know, getting into the word every day like I should or you know what I, I've been a little testy uh, this week fussing uh, at my kids and snapping more often than I should have and I don't want to be that way pray for me uh, what, what help me what, what are some scriptures that I can dig and help me do that you know you know like fathers do not exasperate your children and things like that and this is what we need this is how we grow well and actually so Wesley tasks the like the 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 small group leader that what had a super had a really big responsibility because uh, they were supposed to go check on each member of their group throughout the week outside of their weekly meeting supposed to go check on their folks and ask them hey you brought up that thing about how you're you know snapping at your kids how are you doing with that um you know and and, and have that again that like real direct account like ability to express accountability uh, to keep moving in one direction and not moving back the other direction. Cause this is a, you know, the other thing you need to keep, we need to keep in the pictures. Like this is kind of a fluid thing, right? Um, sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back kind of deal. Um, we are moving onward to perfection. But that doesn't mean we get there automatically or that that progress is going to be smooth in one, only in one direction. Sometimes it is two steps forward, one step back. As a matter of fact, I have a copy of John Wesley's 22 questions that I found online one day and I was reading through it. And some of the questions that he asked is like, am I enjoying prayer? Uh, can I be trusted? Am I proud? That sort of thing. So he was really deep into making sure that we were walking in line with Christ and in his will with those kind of hardcore questions. Right, because, you know, one of the things kind of jumping back to the scripture and the picture the scripture paints is one of the things is it's a real, like Paul draws a really stark contrast of what God gives us versus what we had before. 
right? We are, you know, kind of lost in this whole thing. And then God moves in our lives. We accept that into our lives. And it is, it's supposed to mark a really stark transition, right? From being kind of lost and unable to do what we need to do to finally having that power uh, to be able to do it. Um, and, And the next step then is making sure we are continuing on in that way. Because again, like Paul, what Paul paints is is stark. Uh, that you know, you like everyone. You know, don't forget where you. Also, there's an element of like, don't forget where you came from, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't forget. Like, hey, you used to be like this, uh, and and so don't let that. Also, don't let that like judgment of others who aren't there yet creep into that. Uh, remember how God met you where you are. Okay, don't get superior, friends. That's where you say, yeah, that was me, but God. Right. Yeah. Right. Like there's a, there's part, there's a scripture here, Matthew twelve thirty six says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, don't, don't just, you know, understand the depth of what God gave you. Um, want that for as many people as possible, but also don't forget where you came from. Because one of the, you know, one of the great sins of Christianity, not of Christians, right? One of our great failures is the faith is when we forget that, like where we came from. And so then we get really judgy of the new people who find their way to the faith, find Jesus. Um, oh, you used to be that, uh, I don't know. Like, what? What are you doing? Why? Stop. Mm. Read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, remember, uh, that, remember that book that has all, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Read that. Got some uh, good comments uh, in there. Uh, you know, Joe said we need the people that call BS. Yeah. Um, John Wesley uh, was a great one for that. Yeah. Uh, Beth, you don't realize how much you need that on your life until you're in a church that doesn't do that and you're not growing. Sure. Ah. Yeah, right. Uh, sure. It makes me think about uh, um, how much you need pruning uh, when you're doing uh, horticultural and gardening. You know, it's that cutting back of things that uh, allows the uh, new growth to continue. And without that, it won't grow as well. Well, and I'll harken back to, uh, uh, again, a sermon that Pastor Trey, I've, I've told, always stuck with me was the good church, bad church sermon of that being a. Um, a hurdle, you know, a, a stumbling block for what you were just, Trey was talking about was, you know, uh, oh, well, you used to do that. Oh, no, we ain't got time for you here. You know, you, you need to go to that church down the road. That, that's where they, well, they'll take you. Ah. Yeah. Bad, bad yeah. church. Yeah. So the other thing, so what, oh, how do I, I'm trying to find, trying to find the nice way to put this. And as ever, I fail. The current situation we find ourselves in with the coronavirus, with the extended shutdowns, with the, um, with the, like, there was a long period of time where people didn't go to church, literally couldn't go to church. Um, and even now, there's some weirdness around, do I go back? Do I not? We're open. Y'all can come. But, like, the, this is going to be a real test of how well have we as churches done 
Well, but yeah, I'll phrase it this way. How well have we as churches done to connect people to one another in those kind of accountable relationships that will allow, that will encourage them to come back um, after all of this has passed rather than just float away and realize how much nice, how nice it is to go to brunch on Sunday and how nice it is to not our, get our kids up and brush their hair on Sunday morning um, and just stay home. Right. Or this, or be be guilty of okay. Well, these people went away, and oh, we'll just get some more to come in to replace them. Uh, don't worry about that. You know, just just revolve. Have a revolving door coming. Sure. Don't worry about it. And so this is, and and I see this. I see this play out in the life of our own church. And one of the things I give thanks for is we dug deep into discipleship for, you know, a year before coronavirus. Um, back in January of 2019, like we launched, like we basically leveraged the resource of the church to focus in on discipleship um, in terms of hiring someone whose job is directly discipleship and upping how our childcare spending and all kinds of stuff to like zero in on the thing we're going to do as a church is we're going to do discipleship. And I see that bear fruit of people staying connected. We're still who we still see, right? And I wonder, I don't have a counterfactual, but like I wonder, would it be like, have we not done that? Have we not zoomed in and focused on building accountable relationships, building small group relationships? Um, you know, what would things look like now? Because one of the reasons we're able to continue to thrive is you know, fundamentally, what is the church but the people, uh, the people gathered together by the Holy Spirit, and thankfully, we are still a group of people gathered together by the Holy Spirit. Oh, if we didn't have that, it'll probably be a tumbleweed going across the sanctuary by now with dust swirling in the wind because nobody's there, but uh, we pretty much have learned, like you said, we've got somebody that leads us in the helm of discipleship and accountability that we, that's all, it's like, it's natural to us now, it's like breathing that if we right. don't see someone, we're going to see, we're going to check on them. We're going to see about them. We're going to call them. Right. Because you, you because know? you know them from a small group, you know them from a Bible study, you know, and that's why we, you know, you, you want to know the method to the madness. Um, I don't just do the, I don't just do theology on tap because I like drinking with people. I mean, I do, <laughs> but like, that's not the only reason it is, is another place where we can create these kind of accountable relationships that help us all on that journey. And that is what helps. That is what I have seen helps folks stick to the Christian life because it's all too easy to go. Eh, I don't want to, I don't want to get the kids shoes on in the morning, whatever. Right. Um, right. But that also, that also means we don't stop either. I mean, we just well, don't yeah. get comfortable with it and go, okay, well we did that. Now it's move time to move on to something else. <laughs> Oh, but trust I me, can, but, I, trying to figure can, out how, trying to figure that out now is a ever living challenge. But I can I can tell you this by what you're talking about a minute ago. By perfect example, yesterday, uh, yes, I came for first service and, and and did that, and then I told Trey I got to go home. I, I'm I'm sick as a dog. I can't do it. Uh, which is a rare thing for me to just walk sure, up yeah. and leave, you know. But when I went home, I had three other people call me that didn't see me second service going. Hmm? Where are you? Sure. Why yeah. aren't you here? And Trey knew where I was, but yeah. other people were like, "Where are you? Are you okay?" Yeah, I just got a little sick, is all. But they 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 know they know me well enough. If he's not here, then something's up. Right, and and that's accountability. That's, 
accountability. I mean, that, that's part, that's not the only reason why, you know, churches gather together, but that is one of the reasons why churches gather together. And we don't want to, we don't want to lose sight of that, even though, look, you know, I, I just had a meeting um, today about, you know, children's ministry and, 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 you know, the challenges that brings in the modern era. Yeah, it's challenging, but we don't, I guess one of the things I keep going on about, but like, we don't want to let that nihilism creep in of, oh, let's not bother. Because actually what we're doing here is incredibly important. Incredibly important in terms of keeping people's faith life on track. We, it's not by accident that we're supposed to gather together as churches, even if gathering together has become challenging. So what? We still do it. We just find new and creative ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when you look at scripture, it, it's not by accident that the whole aspect of the walk is shown as relationship, relationship with God, relationship with Jesus. The analogies are shown as relationship because it's more of being about relationship than how we've oftentimes painted it as a quote religion, you know, and we let that word get in the way of what it's really about, which is relationship. And it functions much better when we keep in mind that that's what it is relationship between us and God and relationships between us and the other members of our uh, group. And then we do what we do because we love God first we love yeah. our neighbors second. And then we appreciate what God has done for us is raised us from our death into yeah. new life. And we show that through the work that we do in the church. Mm-hmm. And like you said, nothing stops the work of God. Nothing stops it. Amen. Right, right. You know, and, and um, you know, uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Go on. It's okay. <laughs> well, you know. Brain fart. Um, you know, there's a reason there's a reason why this podcast is like 20 to 40 minutes and not two hours right because it's just right. it is you know i got sucked into what miss brandy was saying i was like oh, oh yeah oh, <laughs> but just uh, you know again i we, we, we've kind of been looking at the discipleship side of this i also want us to just keep in view with this scripture just the scale to which what god has given us Right. Yeah. right out of and, god's grace mm-hmm. and, and that's what i was going to say was like relationships i mean that's in our dna that's how mm-hmm. we live and I, I, I mean god give this that gift to have relationships with him have relationships with your fellow your fellow uh church members and and just everybody right down to your husband your wife or your husband yeah. or whatever we walk every day we might have five or six different relationships with your boss, with your relationship with your pastor, the relationship with your doctor. We are all about relationships. That is in our DNA. And of course we should like, just like a doctor, we should always have that like re-examined every once in a while and make sure that our relationships are going great, especially with, with God, you know, number one right there. And also never, yeah. Again, the other part of this is don't take for granted what God has given you, uh-huh. right? And, and and don't reduce it because, because we know God did, right? And it lays it out here in the scripture, the, the depth of God's mercy for us. Don't take that for granted. God didn't have to do that. God chose to. God, right. despite the fact that we were children of wrath doing 
everything we we shouldn't do um everything that even we didn't know god our conscience told us which is the holy spirit talking to us told us we shouldn't do even though we did all that stuff god did gave gives us this tremendous gift uh through this tremendous sacrifice um through christ jesus right like god didn't have to do that god chose to do that and that shows the depth of god's love for us amen right and that's why i always say um you know he he gave us all the gifts what we need he, he does all the miracles and everything and it, it doesn't hurt for us to stop every once in a while and talk to and remember to talk to the lord and go hey lord how was your day right. how are you doing yeah you know, that's let's, what, let's sit down and talk for a moment instead of like constantly berating him with, I want, I want, I need, I need, gimme, gimme, gimme. And that's what, so that's what worship is supposed to be, right? That thing you just said, theoretically, that's part of why we go to church is to do that, right? right. Is to sing songs of, is also, you know, especially as us in the Protestant tradition, some of what worship is, is Christian instruction, right? Like, hey, here is what the Christian life looks like. Here's how to do the Christian life better. Um, you know, in the Protestant tradition, we emphasize the sermon, right? And I guess why I get 20 to 30 minutes. I get half the service, um, essentially, because part of what I'm supposed to do is help y'all in Christian instruction. Um, but the other part of worship is to take that time and say, praise God. Um, thank you, Lord. This is who you are, God. We are so thankful uh, for that. Um, and that seems as good a place as any way uh, to bring us in for a landing. Um, again, we are a 20 to 30, 40 minute podcast, not a two hour podcast, thankfully. Um, if you have any uh, comments, feedback, I'm very thankful to those we uh, saw in the chat room uh, this evening. Um, if you are listening to this after the fact and have, like, have your thoughts read on air, please leave a comment on Facebook, leave a comment on YouTube, leave a comment on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can send us an email, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Uh, if the video side of things isn't really your jam, but you're looking for an audio version of the show that is available after the fact, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice and you can listen to this on the go um and so go in peace to love and serve the lord fear not stay well god is with us amen now we dance Wake me up. Literally. I can't wake up. Coffee? Tea? Save bourbon? Me. Coffee. It's, okay. you know, I, this is, no, you know, I had enough bourbon this weekend. No. no. This, this show runs straight on uppers, no downers. Um, you know, a pod, you know I, I know some people drink and podcast. I do not, enjoy, I do not advise drinking and podcasting. Um, this is, this is just, you, you never, you don't want to do a podcast on downers. That's when you start to sound like, you know, uh, the, the, the NPR people from SNL. Hello and welcome to, if you do this on downers, you start to get closer to the mic and 
and talking softly and moving your eyebrows entirely too much, even though uh, this is supposed to be a radio show. You can only do this by moving your eyebrows and your body in your chair entirely too much. Good times. Good times. Yeah. And even I'm talking too quickly because I'm on uppers and not downers because I'm (laughs) doing caffeine at six o'clock at night. Don't judge me. This is a place not for judgment. Okay, let's do, with that out of the way, let's do a podcast.